The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 70 of the Pokemon Snapshot. How are you doing today, Josh? Well, considering I've only been awake for about 7 minutes and 36 seconds, I'm going to be particularly slow-witted on today's episode. Yes, to pull back her curtain a bit, I got a text from Josh 7 minutes and 30 seconds ago, and I'm just waking up. Hold on, I'll be there. (laughs) For, for, uh context it's almost 10 30 a.m my time <laughs> so i like to sleep late and probably would have slept till like 11 or 11 30 if if my dogs hadn't started barking so this is where we are yeah well my kid had us up at 7 30 so you know i have no sympathy for you you chose to do that though you purposefully created <laughs> those children <laughs> <laughs> All right, but what have you been up to this week now? Um, well, next week is my last week of summer. Um, but surprisingly, I'm somewhat excited to go back to school. I think this year's going to be much better. Um, I needed a mental health summer instead of like taking a mental health day here and there during the school year. Um, so I, I think things will be much better. Um, <clears throat> I started replaying. Uh, God of War, the one from a couple years ago, like the Norse mythology God of War, uh, since the new one comes out in November. Uh, and then we also watched Miss Marvel, which is really, I, I really like Miss Marvel. Like, I mean, it's not like the best show I've ever seen or anything, but it was a really good show. Yeah, and I'm hoping the negative about it doesn't make them just get rid of the character. I want to see more of her. Uh, and the thing is, no, with her being so young, they, you know, she kind of has not very much. They, they need to do stuff with her quickly. Yeah, they'll. She'll be part of the Young Avengers, I assume. But no, I really like her character. Um, I think she'll be probably one of the more enjoyable uh, parts of the Marvels whenever it comes out. Um, and then, yeah. So no, it was a good show. I really liked. Uh, the parts where it showed, like, like the wedding and stuff like that, where you got to see, like, the parts of, like, the Muslim culture and their stuff like that. Because, yeah. I mean, hopefully for a lot of people that watch the show, they didn't know anything about about that. My uh, my sister, um, she did, like, when she was in college, she did uh, a lot of, um, like, outreach with, like, a lot of the international students, and a lot of them were Muslim, so I got to know... Uh, some of them just through her, and so it was really interesting because like I'd never been to a wedding or anything like that, so it was uh, really cool to see that. And I'm sure most real like that was obviously like exaggerated because it's a TV show, but it was still cool. Yeah, I really like the Muslim culture too. I, in fact, you know, while watching some of the episodes, had to look up what certain words meant because they talked about uh, haram. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is Haram? And find out that's something that you aren't supposed, that's like against Muslim culture. And I, so yeah. I love the joke where they call the guy, oh yeah, we used to call you Haram.com. <laughs> is Haram like the opposite of Halal? Yeah, so I yeah. looked it up. It's things that the culture does not allow. Okay, yeah. So that's why when he said, oh, you were the one looking at the Haram stuff on the internet, which is a kind of a risque joke for... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, have you ever watched that show Nathan for You? No. Oh, uh, you, you need to watch Nathan for You. It's basically... Do you know the premise? Do you know anything about it? I I have not heard about it till right now. So it's this dude named Nathan Fielder, and he... It, it's like... It's, it's not scripted. It's like a, a real thing, but he... Basically, the premise is uh, he goes to, like, businesses that are struggling to bring in customers and stuff like that, uh, and he, like, puts, like, new policies and stuff in place to help them, but it's always, like, really out there stuff. Like, it's it's really hard to explain the show if you, if you don't just watch it, but he did, uh, so for instance, 
there's you can just go watch it on YouTube. He was on Jimmy Kimmel, and he told uh, this story about like kind of like this crazy story where there was like a baggage switch up at uh, at the airport, and he ended up with somebody else's luggage, and he ended up having to wear uh, the other person's suit to a wedding, but it was like really oversized because the dude was a lot bigger than him, uh, and he got pulled over on the way. And, uh, in his, in the, uh, like the pocket of the suit, there was like a powdery substance, like a bag with a powdery substance in it. And he got pulled over and the cops saw it. And it's like, it's like, a basically you find out that it was the guy's mother's ashes that were, that was in his pocket, that was in his pocket. Well, that, that interview came out on Jimmy Kimmel, and then the ne- after the next season premiered, you find out that all of that was orchestrated by the guy. Like, the whole, like, he basically had to make every different part of that story happen in real life, so it wasn't a lie. And because he had watched, like, hours and hours and hours of, like, celebrity stories on talk shows to, uh, like, basically come up with what he considered to be the perfect anecdote to tell on a show like that. So it's, like, just crazy outlandish stuff. Anyway, he has a new show on HBO called The Rehearsal that is, like, just one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, the basic premise is people... He helps people rehearse for, like, big things in their lives. Like, the very first episode is this dude who, uh, had been lying to, like, his friend group for, like, years and years. Like, he told a little lie, and then it just snowballed and got bigger and bigger. But then the guy, it finally, uh, ate up the guy, so he, and he wanted to tell his friends. So the way that the Nathan Fielder guy helps him rehearse for that is he, the bar that, like, the guy, the other guy, and the friends hang out. He built like an exact replica of the bar, and they ran like all these different simulations of stuff that happened. And it it's really hard to explain. You just gotta watch it. It's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's like uh, I don't I, I don't even know how to explain it. I just highly suggest you go watch it. Unfortunately, I just canceled our HBO. Oh, what? Why? HBO has, like, the best selection out of shows out of anything. Because we weren't... It was the one streaming service that we have that we weren't watching. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And, except for Jesse, and we're like, well, we're not going to keep spending $15 a month for her to watch this one show. Yeah. I, I probably watch HBO more than any of the other streaming services, except for maybe Disney. Well, yeah, I watch Disney a lot. Netflix, I mean, it depends on if there's a show I want, but it's hard to get rid of that because uh, my father-in-law has our Netflix account. That's kind of how we pay him for babysitting. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And my daughter watches a lot of Netflix. And then I just have a bunch of little ones. I mean, we have Peacock. I pay $5 a month for Peacock because that's where I – you know me. I'm a professional wrestling fan. And so yeah. the WWE Network merged with Peacock, which was the worst idea ever. I wish they would have just kept <laughs> – their old network because it's not as good as it once was. Yeah. But I pay $5 a month to watch the pay-per-views. Nice. <laughs> Which is a good deal. And then Paramount Plus I have because, you know, also know I'm a huge, I'm a, well, I don't know if it's closet, but one of my guilty pleasures is I love Big Brother. Yeah. I have, well, I don't pay for Paramount Plus. One of my friends does. And so I just use their password. So I have a couple streaming services that I give to my friends like my password to the my friends or other friends and then uh they do the same thing and give it to me so it kind of works out for everybody so i pretty much have access to every streaming service out there yeah and we also have hulu which hulu is probably the one we watch the most Mm -hmm. but that's because it's the really the only one where you can get like live television the next day yeah so that's why we watch a bunch of game shows yeah, we watch a bunch of game shows on Hulu, and then... You know what my favorite game show on Hulu is? I love the Jane Lynch Weakest Link. Oh, yes, we watch it every week. Yeah. Uh, she. I was nervous when they announced the Weakest Link was coming back because I'm like, oh, no one's going to be able to do justice, but Jane Lynch is perfect oh, for it. Oh, she's great, yeah. I've never seen anything with Jane Lynch in it that I was like... Oh, she wasn't good in that. She's been good in, like, everything I've seen her in, which has been a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, she's probably the best character in Glee. 
Yeah. And she's the antagonist. Yep. She's in Party Down. That show's really funny. It's also on Hulu. She was in Wreck-It Ralph. Yep. She did, uh, <laughs> she has the, uh, um, the cameo in, like, an episode or two of, uh, Only Murders in the Building, which is a really funny part that she had yeah. as Steve Martin's stunt double. <laughs> Uh, even her celebrity game night is a yeah. fun show. Yeah. Uh, so as you can see, we both love Jane Lynch. Yes. Like I've always going on Jane Lynch. I've been wanting to rewatch Glee because I think that show is hilarious. But then it's like so hard because like half the main cast is dead now. Yeah. It's and and they're not very old, which is so it just makes it kind of hard to sit through. Yeah. And they were all had pretty terrible deaths. Corey Monteith died of a heroin overdose. Uh, one of the other football players. The guy who played Puck died yeah, in jail after, after getting, molesting a little girl. Oh, I thought he had a bunch of like child pornography or something. Oh, child like that. porn, that's yeah. it. But he died in jail. Oh, I thought he killed himself. Or killed himself. Yeah, yeah he went to jail and killed himself in jail. So yeah. he. And then the person. Uh, the person who played Santana just was it last year or the year before? was. She drowned. What? She drowned. Yeah. With her child still on the boat. Yeah, so it's... Okay, let's go into a happier... <laughs> yeah, the show is cursed. The show is cursed, and that's... And it's just hard for me to go back. But I going one more thing. Michael Malley and Glee, that was his character. Because you know who Michael Malley was before he played in yeah, Glee, right? Yeah, he was... Not doubled. Uh, 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 Nickelodeon uh, Guts. Yeah, yeah, He was Guts. the host of Guts. Yep. Okay, but going on, uh, some video games I played over this last week, I played and beat Stray. Nice. It was about a six-hour game. And you and I kind of were texting about it, but I give it a 7 out of 10. I'm just not interested in cyberpunk worlds. I think they're boring. Yeah. Everything's just drab. It's either you have two sides of a cyberpunk. There's always just the drab rundowns part of the city, then there's the part that's they finally realized the only light source is neon. <laughs> did did you play Cyberpunk 2077? Uh, about two or three hours of it. Okay, so that tracks. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get into it. That game, my main problem was there's way too much talking. Yeah, fair enough. And the story wasn't interested. And don't get me wrong, I play JRPGs. I'm used to games with a lot of talking. Right. But Cyberpunk's ta- talking couldn't keep me interested, and so... They were I trying spent... to get their money's worth out of Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Well, I didn't even get to Keanu Reeves. <laughs> uh, and so I just quit playing, and I don't know if I'll ever go back, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and then uh, this weekend, on Friday, Live Alive came out, which my wife asked me is the prequel to Kill La Kill. <laughs> I thought it was Live Alive. No, I think it's Live Alive. Uh, well. I think that's how I've been hearing it pronounced. Uh, if, those of you who don't know what that is, it is a Japanese role-playing game that came out on the Super Nintendo but never came, but was only in Japan. So they translated it, Square Enix released it over here. It is, you have seven different characters. Well, I found out you have eight because after you beat the original seven, they unlock an eighth character. And they each play through their own story. And as of now, they don't seem to have any connection. I'm sure something happens where they are all connected. Yeah. But all the stories. So I played The Far Future, which is interesting because all the stories have a little. The Far Future has no battle in it. Hmm. And it kind of goes off of the uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, AI is taking over the ship. And then I just finished the ancient japan one where you played a shinobi a ninja and you have to break someone out of prison they also have like ancient china there's a wild west there's a caveman where people say the caveman's really cool because no one talks in that one and it's all pictures Hmm. it isn't that kind of like octopath traveler where it's like everybody has a different story yeah, but the difference is an Octopath, from what I've played of it, which I didn't get very far in Octopath, is the stories are connected in some way, mm-hmm. and you the characters end up combining. This one, everyone so far has their own story. Okay. But I'm enjoying it. I, I've, I'm going to keep playing uh, since I the next one I'm going to start is Ancient China. Nice. So maybe next... 
episode, I'll have uh, I'll have some more to say about the game. All right, let's go into some Pokemon news, and there wasn't much, but out of Co- San Diego Comic Con, they did announce that Pokemon and Squishmallows are having a collaboration. What? Are, are, yeah, I got a uh, notification. Sometimes on Instagram, I'll get notifications about like things related to stuff that I like, even if I'm not uh, like following whatever it is. And so I got a I got a notification about the the Pikachu Squish Squishmallow. I mean, are those just like peeps, or what are they? No. Uh, you don't have kids, so that's understandable you don't know what they are. Squishmallows are stuffed animals, and it's weird because uh. it's not like it's not like stuffing in them, like a regular stuff. It's like squishes, and it has this weird texture feel. <laughs> are you sure you can't eat them? Uh, well, you can try. I don't know how healthy that'd be. I mean, peeps are gross, but, I mean, I would devour a Pikachu <laughs> if they put it in front of me. So, it's very, but they have this really weird texture, but yeah, so Pokemon announced that they are collaborating with them, and so far, the two announced are Pikachu and Gengar, and I must say, I want that Gengar Squishmallow. Uh, yeah, I legit thought they were peeps. They have to have at least a Snorlax. Like, how can you do something like that without releasing Snorlax. Gengar seems like an odd choice because Gengar is not cute like Pikachu is. No, but he fits the shape. Yeah, he's kind of yeah, he's kind of chunky. All right, let's go on to our question of the week, which last week we did ask the question, what is your favorite memory at a beach? We had a couple answers on our Discord, so join our Discord because I'm posting I'm starting to post the questions there and you can answer there if you don't want to tweet at us, email us or answer on our facebook group we can always answer on the discord and so freeze flame said my favorite story from being on a beach is when me and my brother both dug large holes in the sand we then climbed into them and built walls up around them as well we then started throwing chunks of wet sand at each other it was messy but so much fun that sounds like something you would do josh see this is i'm not a beach person like i will go to the beach and i will enjoy it for like three to five days any more than that i'm ready to leave because i I thought you were gonna say three to five minutes no you any more than that like you're gonna get sand in all your orifices and i'm just like i i'm done with it i i would i would go and stay in the mountains for like months at a time live off the land i would look homeless and my beard would grow down to my knees but I would enjoy it much more than I enjoy the beach. Yeah, I'm not much of a beach person either. If we get like a beach house, you know, you guys go down to the beach. I'll stay in the beach house and play my switch. Yeah, and I and I can only be outside in the sun for like, I don't know, like 20 minutes at a time because because of my pale skin will burn. And then oh, yeah, rush to the hospital. My whole family burns. I'm like the only one that can get somewhat of a tan. Yeah. I just I just gave up trying to tan a long time ago because I would just burn, turn red, peel, and be pale again. Uh, we I have a funny story. In 2019, Jesse and I went to Mexico, mm-hmm. and Jesse wanted to get a massage. Well, I hate massages. Like I don't like people up and touching me for all that. I just don't find them relaxing. I'd rather, you know. So I just don't, don't want a massage. So I told her, I go, you can go get a massage. I don't have to go with you. And then. You can relax by getting your massage, and I'll relax by laying in the hotel room, you know, playing my Switch. (laughs) We'll each relax in our own way. So Jessie gets back from her massage, and she has a slight burn because she had to shower everything off. She wasn't allowed to wear any oils or anything. Mm -hmm. It was a five-minute walk to the massage, and she got burnt on the way there. (laughs) That's intense. Yeah. That that Mexico sun will get you. No, no, it's not the Mexico sun. It's my wife's skin. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, going on with our beach talk, Manhunter said that he said in our Discord, my favorite story from the beach was when my wife and brother and his girlfriend and I went to this random beach in the North San Francisco Bay Area where there was no way down from the road except there was some Indian festival going on where they were throwing food sacrifices into the ocean. Are you sure it's an you was a festival or a cult? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. 
and they and they had staked in rods with ropes wrapped around them that you could use to climb down. The beach clearly rarely had visitors because it was so hard to get to, and we found hundreds of intact sand dollars, even some that were still alive, which I had never seen up to that point. Going up the rope was strenuous, basically way more dangerous than rock climbing. Wow. That sounds like fun. And also terrifying. Yeah, I would not I, I would be the person to fall down the cliff. Oh, totally. So I would not do that, but that sounds fun. Yeah. Did and, uh did Kate not answer the question this week? Kate didn't answer the question. Kate, I where are surprised. you? This is like the first time in like the entire I know seventy episodes that she hasn't answered. I'm a little disappointed to be quite honest. Um you're in Connecticut. There's beaches in Connecticut. I think. I I do basically everything in my power to avoid going to Connecticut, so. <laughs> which is which is not entirely true. I saw Jerry Seinfeld do stand-up in Connecticut one time. I've never been to the East Coast. So, it's I want to nice. go sometime. All right. If you want to answer our questions, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app if you're choosing, so other Pokemon fans just like yourself can find the podcast. All right, Josh, are we ready to get into today's episode? Should we call it an episode, or is it a short? It's a short. So, it's our episode, but we're... But it's a short, is how it's um, described. And so, ex- explain the difference to the the good folks out there. All right. So today we are watching. We watched a short, and what typically happened if you haven't seen a Pokemon movie in the theaters back they they don't do it anymore. But they used to have a Pikachu short to go along with every movie. And so it would always air before the movie. Think of it as back in the old days, like the 30s, 40s, you would go to a special feature and they'd play like a Mickey Mouse cartoon Mm -hmm. before the movie. Yeah. And then Pixar did the same thing. They would have the Pixar shorts before their movies as well. Pixar still does the same thing, I believe. Yeah. So Pokemon would have a Pikachu short before the movie that centered around Pikachu. Yep. And Asha... And Ash and Friends Pokemon. But today's Pikachu short was called Pikachu's Vacation, or in Japanese it was Pikachu's Summer Vacation. Big difference there. Big difference. It aired on July 18th, 1998 in Japan, and on November 10th, 1999 in the United States. And next week you will find out, or next episode you will find out that this will be the same dates when we talk about the movie, because... It aired before the movie. So, can they really call it Pikachu's summer vacation if it's, like, part of one day? It's not like he was gone for, like, a week. He didn't go on a cruise, a carnival cruise. He was at this place for, like, I don't know, four hours max. Yeah, I... Maybe that's why they cut it out in the in the <laughs> English dub. Probably. Uh, also, they could probably cut it out, too, because in the United States, it aired in November, so they're like, it's not summer anymore. Very good point. All right, Josh, let's get into the episode. All right, so before we get into the episode, a couple things. Um, the short is very weird tonally from the actual episodes, And a bunch of, like, random stuff happens. So you'll notice that I'm describing, like, these quick interludes. So there will be, like, a part of, like, the narrative happen. And then it will cut away to, like, a bunch of Jigglypuffs, like, singing and, like, rolling around with, like, a psychedelic background. Um, And it does this a bunch of times with, like, a bunch of different Pokemon. So if... I'm just going rapid fire. I'm not really going to slow down to explain what's happening. So if you hear a strange description out of nowhere, that's what's happening. <laughs> um, like the first couple, I like go into a little bit more into detail. And then by the end, you'll, you'll see. Um, and also one other thing I do want to point out is how much crisper the animation is uh, in this short compared to uh, just like episodes of the show. I guess since because it was 
uh, going to be in the theaters, they, like, put more money into the animation. Like, the outlines of the characters are really sharp. Their colors are more vibrant. Uh, and I love good animation, so I was here for that. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference of the animation they make for the movie than what they make for a television show. And as you already alluded to, they probably had a much bigger budget. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've always, I've always been curious. So we know how movies make their money. It's tickets to the box office. Right. But like, you know, they have how much money they get. You know, when a television show, it's making its money, it has to sell it to the different stations, they get more viewers, and then it's all ad revenue, pretty much. Right. So it's a lot different, you know, trying to get money for a television show than for a movie. And before we go, I also want to point out, at the beginning of the short, you get a WB Kids logo, like an old school Nintendo logo, and a 4Kids Entertainment logo, and all of those just brought back some great memories. Yep. Um, All right, so let's jump into the actual episode, or short, rather. Uh, The short begins as Team Ash stop at a Pokemon Resort Center thing, and all of their Pokemon, so all of Ash's, all of Missy's, and all of Brock's Pokemon, uh, jump out of their Pokeballs and head towards the front gate, uh, set to the beboppinest 90s surf music you've ever heard. Um, They only have one request of Pikachu, and that is to take care of Togepi. Yeah, one thing I do want to mention is that surprisingly they gave the poke all the Pokemon the spotlight. They didn't just Ash just didn't release his favorite ones this time. Yep, Pidgeotto got to be there. Yep, a uh, Goldeen, which we hardly ever see. Zubat. The whole so ga- the whole see- gang was there. The whole gang, and I do want to say this music had like a TLC vibe going to it. Um, I TLC more- like the Learning Channel or TLC like the hip. Like the the group, the group. I don't think you've ever heard TLC before because that sounded uh, absolutely nothing like TLC to me. Maybe maybe not. I you're. I was thinking of the song. Aren't they the ones that sing "Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls"? Yeah, but this was like, this was like '90s surf music. Okay, maybe like I'm upbeat wrong. '90s surf music. Okay, well, you know I don't know much about music. Also true. I it, it's all forgiven. Um, but during this scene, I do like how the main characters are just like, let's just leave our pets to fend for themselves. <laughs> Obviously, they've never read Lord of the Flies. No. Because that's definitely kind of what happens. Yep. Uh, it would just be like me dropping off my pets at a park and telling Claudia to make sure Anna and Natsu don't get into any trouble. Yep. That's literally exactly what it's like. Yeah, spoiler alert. They're going to get into trouble. They are going to get into trouble. Um, as they arrive, Pikachu is trounced by all the overworked and underpaid Pokemon running into the resort. Uh, imagine that your job is just getting beaten within an inch of your life every episode or two, and then your payment comes in the form of having Ash as your owner. <laughs> like, enjoy, enjoy your vacation from Ash for four hours. Uh, Charizard leads the Stampede, which is pretty funny considering he's done the least amount of work out of any of those Pokemon. Yeah, they really, like, decided for this one short to change Charizard's attitude. Uh-huh. Uh, but Charizard is the epitome of the guy who does the bare minimum at work, and then when it's break time, talks about how much he deserves it. <laughs> you know, we've all been there. The guy just sits behind the counter and is like, oh, a 15 time for, or 10-15, time for a break. And then he's like, oh, I work so hard, and he gets up and gets his break. <laughs> It's like the people that start smoking just so they can take a smoke break. <laughs> uh, I actually have a funny story about that. When I was in high school, I worked as a student custodian. So during the school year, it was after school, you could, um, we have a couple hours every day where we would, you know, sweep the floors, take out the trash and everything throughout our high school. Mm-hmm. And then also during the school year, we would, we could sign up to work uh, if there was anything going on in the gym. And it usually took an hour to clean up, but we were always paid for two hours of work. Mm-hmm. A whole $10.30, making five mm-hmm. fifteen an hour. Nice. Uh, during the summer, though, thought I was making bank because we got 40 hours of work. <laughs> because we had to prepare the school. You know, we did all, like, the deep cleaning. We, every single um, 
classroom we would bring out every single piece of furniture we'd like go in and use the stripper on all the floors the stripper uh, actually, on the floors uh, Jeff, it's like this at the yeah. school jeffrey <laughs> it's for those of you who don't know what i'm talking about a stripper is not what josh is talking about <laughs> it's this machine that has like this little spinny thing on the bottom in it it like cleans the floor down to its bare minimum yeah to its core or whatever and um so we would do that and there were the full-time staff which they all smoked and so they would always take their smoke break so one day we're all sitting there in the art room because it was air conditioned and they come in and go why aren't you guys working and we looked them right at them and said we're taking a smoke break (laughs) it's always fun it's always funny to me how uh child labor is frowned upon unless it happens in like the context of a school (laughs) well we were all 16 or older we old enough to have a job well (laughs) it's always at the end of a school year we'll grab like some sixth seventh and eighth graders and it's like all right we're putting y'all to work (laughs) yeah y'all are about y'all are about to drag desks in and out of these classrooms and put them back (laughs) i definitely i've had kids i remember being a teacher and it you know it's the end of the year, and I had kids help me carry things down to my car. Oh, 100%. And nothing happens. But, yeah, it's – what I – my opinion on smoke breaks is you shouldn't get an extra break just because you smoke and you're addicted. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not. Even though they usually do. All right, go, but continue on with the episode. I also want to mention here, and you mention it later on, but I think this is where it starts, that Dexter weirdly narrates parts of this episode. Mm-hmm. he's like and this just to let everyone know this was added only in the dub because i assume they think us americans are too stupid to follow along without someone telling us what is happening we are uh also fun fact when this aired in other countries so not in the united states it aired about you know just a few months off of when it was supposed to it spoiled some story events in other countries because it aired before Charizard, Weezing, or Arbok evolved and before Misty gained Togepi in some of the countries. Really? Yeah. Strange. I don't know why they just couldn't hold it off. I guess they didn't want people being mad. I guess so. But then going back, just think about it. Back in the day, Japan would get like video games before we would. Yeah, that's true too. I remember, I think it was X and Y, they were advertising the first Pokemon game to come in day in and date in both the United States and Japan. Yeah. Could you imagine if, so they announced Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, that they're like, oh no, it's only coming out in Japan this year. You, in the United States, you have to wait till next year. People would riot. Yes. There would be a bunch of like, <laughs> it would be a mix of like eight year olds and then like 35 year olds. Just going nuts. Rioting. Yeah. Um, so back into the episode, uh, Togepi begins to cry, and Ash's Pokemon react the same way that I would have in this uh, in this situation. Complete and utter confusion. I will say as a father, sometimes when the baby cries, I am still in complete and utter confusion. I I feel like, and, and when my four-year-old nephew is here, I found myself trying to rationalize, like when he was throwing a fit or whatever, I like trying to rationalize with him. And I'm like, dude, you can't rationalize with a four-year-old. Nothing that they do is rational. Yep. Um, Squirtle finds an apple in a tree, and I guess thinking that maybe Togepi's hungry. Um, and my question is, is one of the other Pokemon going to chew up that apple and like try to feed it to Togepi like a mother bird, like, like where it will chew up the stuff and like drop it into the other bird's mouths. Don't let Pikachu, he did up choking on it. Yeah. Um, I don't even think Togepi has teeth. How are like, it can't chew up that apple. Uh, Bulbasaur cuts down, uh, the apple with some precision razor leaves. Um, and the apple falls at Psyduck's feet. And as I'm sure you can already guess, Psyduck eats it. So they figured out Togepi was hungry because she starts crying and then the camera pans down to Togepi's stomach. And I think it Mm -hmm. makes a little growling noise. It does. So my thing is here, Misty sent Togepi out on this adventure and didn't even feed her first. Great A parenting, Misty. (laughs) Togepi begins to cry again until Bulbasaur picks it up with its vines. And sings it a lullaby, which you will hear 
now. This is the first known recording of Bulbasaur's Bulbabot. Uh, the Pokedex voice, which somehow I I never realized was called Dexter until you just called it Dexter a few seconds ago. Uh, Dexter says that this is the first known recording of that lullaby, uh, but it doesn't show anyone holding a Pokedex, which is pretty creepy. So it, it does explain it that they were just trying to compensate for American stupidity. But uh, it was almost like some voyeur was sitting in the in the bushes watching all the Pokemon. But my question is, didn't they sing a song during the Mysterious Guardian Garden episode? They did, but I I can't... He, they didn't call it a lullaby, or Dexter didn't call it a lullaby. I don't remember what it was called, but I thought it was like the... the like the song it was singing to put Togepi to sleep. I don't know, though. Okay. Uh, the screen is suddenly filled with a Bellsprout dancing to some super trippy song uh, in front of, like, a multicolored background. And I'm wondering if my life just took a sudden turn and now I'm on fish tour. Yeah, the, these scene changes definitely took me by surprise. And as you've already said, they show up throughout the episode with different Pokemon and they are all pretty trippy. Super weird. Um, it then shows Togepi sleeping... Maybe implying that Togepi was in a K-hole. Um, if you don't know what that is, ketamine is a horse tranquilizer. Okay. That can be used to uh, uh, sedate horses. Uh, and also, uh, all the like dirty wooks um, that like go to like music festivals and stuff will, will take it. And it makes them trip really hard. But a K-hole is basically they pass out... Um, like they're asleep when they're on this drug. Um, the more you know about there you hall- go. hallucinogenic <laughs> drugs. Usually I, it's me teaching something, but Josh got to teach something today. I know. Like, uh, while the other, but and, and and I thought it was implying that Togepi was dreaming about the spell sprout, but I think it's just those weird little transition things that they're doing. So I don't know. It, it took me a couple of those transitions to realize that that's just going to happen the whole time and to <laughs> suffer through it. Uh, while the other Pokemon debate if they'll get arrested if they call the ambulance uh, to help Togepi, a Cubone, Raichu, and two other new Pokemon, Meryl and Snubble, show up. Um, so here's my question. Uh, when did gener- Generation 2 Pokemon begin to come out? Because I saw this movie in theaters... Um, but I was not aware of any Generation 2 Pokemon at the time. So I looked this up. Generation 2 came out on November 21st, 1999 in Japan and on October 15, 2000 in the United States. So about a year after this short in each region. But also remember that Togepi is also Generation 2 Pokemon and was announced quite a bit ago. Okay. I guess, I guess other than watching the show, um... The I only played Pokemon Yellow. Like I didn't play another Pokemon game until I was like in my twenties. Like I didn't know any generation. I didn't know any Pokemon later than Generation One until I was in my twenties. So yeah. Okay. Uh, they begin. Uh, both of the groups, the Cubone, Raichu, Meryl, and Snubble, and then Ash's Pokemon. They uh, kind of start. Getting into getting into it a little bit, and Pikachu tries to keep the peace um, as those Pokemon begin to square up. But Togepi wanders off, and Pikachu follows. Uh, the scene changes again, and all the water Pokemon are just chilling, like just like floating <laughs> in the water, chilling. Uh, Togepi wanders over uh, a log suspended over a rapidly moving river, which just seems like an accident waiting to happen. Uh, Pikachu causes the log to begin rolling and falls into the raging river below, but Togepi somehow manages to stay on land. Yes, and since this was a short, there was no actual Pokemon, uh, Pokemon commercial break. I almost said Pokemon break. There was lots of Pokemon breaks in this episode. (laughs) So uh, this is about halfway through the short. So this is where we are going to put our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's that Pokemon? 
All right. And so I didn't want to do any of the new Pokemon announced because there's episodes where they're, they're more prominent. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of picked a Pokemon we've seen, but we haven't talked about yet. So today we are going to talk about Venusaur. I'm very excited for you to pronounce its Japanese name. Yeah. And in Japanese, he is known as Fushigibana. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. My Japanese is horrible. So some <laughs> basic information on Venusaur. He's number three in the Pokedex. He is a grass and poison type. He is six foot seven inches tall, but he does have a mega form, which is seven foot ten inches tall. That's then... pretty tall for something that that walks around on four legs. Yeah. Like, that's pretty terrifying but he has like a tree coming out of him yeah that's true but i mean that's still a pretty massive turtle looking thing he also has a gigantamax form which do have height i never put the heights in there because they're like 98 feet yeah it's just like ridiculous thinking about (laughs) um his weight he's 220.5 pounds in a regular which is to me kind of light for how stocky he is yeah Uh, yeah and his mega form is 342.8 pounds. And he is known as the seed Pokemon. And as I said, he does mega evolve and he uses Venusaur right to mega evolve. And he has a Gigantamax form. So the first picture is his mega form. Yeah. So not much different. He grows his, pretty much his plant gets bigger. Yeah. And then the next picture you will see is his Gigantamax form. The Gigantamax form has like a bowl cut from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it looks awful. Yeah. All right. Continuing on, his origin, his name. Venusaur may be a combination of Venus, referring to the Venus flytrap plant, or venom and sore, a common suffix used in the names of extinct reptilian creatures that is derived from the ancient Greek word for lizard. His Japanese name, Fushigibana, may be a combination of Fushigi, which is strange or mysterious, and Hana, which is flower. So it pretty much means mysterious or strange flower. <laughs> I think they were on some strange flowers when they came up with some of these Pokemon. Uh, what is Venusaur based off of? And according to Ken Sugimori, which is the artist for like the official artwork for all the Pokemon... In a Japanese interview discussing the Pokemon franchise, Venusaur and its pre-evolutions were inspired by frogs. Indeed, Venusaur's large rounded snout, wide mouth, white set eyes, bumpy wart-like skin, and quadruped-like movements are vaguely similar to those of certain amphibians, such as the common toad or the Colorado River toad, both of which are toads that exude toxins from their paratoid glands. Unlike Bulbasaur, Venusaur's ears have hollows, indicating that they are in fact ears and not glands, as seen in many species of frogs and toads. It also shares similarities with the extinct Pariasaur, and the flower on its back resembles the Rafflesia arnaldi. Okay, so frogs, not turtles. Yeah, frogs. Which, and the flower is based off of the same flower that Vileplume is based off of. Hmm. Alright, Venusaur's biology. Venusaur is a squat, quadrupedal amphibian Pokemon with bumpy blue-green skin. It has small circular red eyes, a short blunt snout, and a wide mouth with two pointed teeth in the upper jaw and four in the lower jaw. On top of its head are small pointed ears with reddish-pink insides. It has three clawed toes on each foot. The butt on its back has bloomed into a large pink-white spotted flower. The flower is supported by a thick brown trunk. Surrounded by green fronds, a female Venusaur will have a seed in the center of its flower. Venusaur uses its flower to catch the sun's ray to convert them into energy, which causes the flower to become more vibrant. The flower releases a soothing scent that attracts Pokemon and calms emotions. This scent becomes stronger after a rainy day in the anime. Venusaur has demonstrated the ability to manipulate nature, release several vines from its back, and lead evolution ceremonies for Bulbasaur and Ivysaur. Which we saw in the Bulbasaur's Mysterious uh, Garden episode. Yeah, it was like a cult. Yeah. This Pokemon is rarely found in the wild, but it has been known to inhabit grasslands. Venusaur is like the Jim Jones of the Pokemon world. (laughs) (laughs) As Mega Venusaur, the flower on its back grows larger and two smaller pink flowers bloom, one on its forehead and one on its rear. 
The weight of the flower causes its legs and back to become sturdier in order to support it. Additional leaves with woody stems, which are supported by vines, are grown around, around the flower. Mega Venusaur also develops dark markings on its forehead below the new flower. As Gigantamax Venusaur, it becomes larger with its flower blooming even further to the point of covering its body. These flowers have taller bud along with extremely thick and springy petals that are capable of shielding Gigantamax Venusaur and deflecting half-hearted attacks. What about whole-hearted attacks? <laughs> I don't know, just half-hearted. <laughs> you're you're if screwed he... if, they, if someone gives you the whole-hearted attack, but the half-hearted ones, you're fine. Uh, its eyes have light green sclera and orange irises. More foliage grows from under its flower, and the trunk that supports said flower becomes shorter. It has several light green markings located on, at its belly. Gigantamax Venusaur attacks with its thick vines, which are powerful enough to topple down a 10-story building. Wow. Gigantamax Venusaur's flowers can spread enough pollen in a similar fashion to a volcanic eruption. Breathing in this pollen can cause uncontrollable sneezing, and inhaling large amounts can even cause fainting. I like how it starts with sneezing, but it gets worse. Fainting. <laughs> like, not death or paralysis, just fainting. You'll just pass out. However, this pollen also promotes plant growth in areas where it lands. Gigantamax Venusaur is the only known Pokemon capable of using the G-Max Move G-Max Vine Lash. All right, let's get into some Pokedex entries. Red and Blue says the plant blooms when it's absorbing solar energy. It stays on the move to seek sunlight. Pokemon Silver says it is able to convert sunlight into energy. As a result, it is more powerful in the summertime. Uh, Pokemon Crystal says as it warms itself and absorbs the sunlight, its flower petals release a pleasant fragrance. Ruby and Sapphire says, There is a large flower on Venusaur's back. The flower is said to take on vivid colors. If it gets plenty of nutrition and sunlight, the flower's aroma soothes the emotions of people. I feel like if I saw Venusaur coming at me, I would be anything but soothed. Yeah, I know. I'd be terri terrified. A Fire Red says, A bewitching aroma wafts from its flowers. The fragrance becomes those engaged in a battle. Mm-hmm. Diamond and Pearl says, after a rainy day, the flower on its back smells stronger. The scent attracts other Pokemon. Uh, let's go. Okay, and then here's a Pokedex entry for its Mega Evolution. Let's go. Pikachu and Eevee says, in order to support its flower, which has grown larger due to Mega Evolution, its back and legs have become stronger. And a couple for the Gigantamax version. Pokemon Sword says, In battle, this Pokemon swings around two thick vines. If these vines slammed into a 10-story building, they could easily topple it. How do they know that? <laughs> I... did, they, did they just like send it around to a bunch of 10-story buildings and just say, like, Vine Whip, <laughs> and see if it could bring it down? And then got to the 11-story building and didn't work. Like, like, aha. Ah, interesting. <laughs> just Let's just write this down. <laughs> and the Pokemon Shield for the Gigantamax form says it had a huge amount of pollen burst from it with the force of volcanic eruption. Breathing in too much of the pollen can cause fainting. So, it no longer soothes you. It causes you to pass out. Yeah. Which I guess could be worse when having that giant thing come after you. I mean, pretty much I guess if you faint around Gigantamax Venus, or you're going to die anyway because it's probably going to step on you. <laughs> Which also makes you wonder, like, you use this thing in battle, so it's just going to cause, like, everyone watching the battle and both um, Pokemon trainers to just faint in the middle of the battle. <laughs> and then I, see, I picture the... Gigantamax uh, Venusaur just like stepping around crushing people and I can hear that one you know in Spongebob where you, there's always that one guy in the background that goes my leg <laughs> that's what I hear in my head right now oh, I, I think of the guy from Avatar my, my cabbages, cabbages. <laughs> yep alright and that is our who's that Pokemon segment on Venusaur who's that Pokemon uh, the short comes back with um, a transition of Slowpoke doing its best Tuvan throat singing, which is like, Aww. and then the scene goes back to the snubble battle. Uh, 
these <laughs> this is the point in the ep uh the short where i started realizing that they just have these like random little transitions uh and they're super weird but i've liked every one of them so far uh squirtle and snubble break out the measuring tape as they begin a breath holding test and i must say when two guys go against each other that isn't usually the type of duel that happens when the measuring tape is brought out yeah it's a different type of sword fighting <laughs> um squirtle loses and snubble laughs with its old man laugh and we've got to get uh some sound of the snubble laugh right here okay Uh, both groups continue their fight until Mankey does a dance on screen in another interlude. Uh, the Pokedex voice explains that since Pokemon only battle when commanded by their owner, they will often challenge each other uh, outside of battles, although they don't really fight. It's like just like weird challenges. So they did the breath holding contest. Uh, and next they have a swimming contest that Squirtle somehow loses. So, and you're also, there was also a weird challenge where Snubble and Bulbasaur, like, rolled their eyes at each other until uh, Snubble got dizzy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're really weird. Uh, and to be fair about Squirtle losing, he loses because a Goldeen carries him away, so it isn't really a fair loss. Yeah. Granted, a Starmie also gets in the way of the Meryl, so... I feel like, like they should. I feel like they should have set some like ground rules before they they really began these challenges. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of start doing them, and all the other Pokemon are watching. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu and Raichu get into it, and I'm gonna need a little bit of help explaining this weird Pikachu and Raichu running segment. Uh, I feel like whoever wrote this had never watched the shows, and someone just told them like, make Pokemon do Pokemon stuff, and then this is what they came up with. So explain what happens in this weird Pikachu Raichu segment. From what I can understand, they are trying to show off their electricity, mm -hmm. I think, and they put their cheeks together and just cause sparks. Yeah, like the little circles on their cheeks, like, put together, but it's like they become connected to one another, and then they just start running all over the Pokemon park. Yeah, and they're breaking through shoves, they're going over rocks, and I mean that's the best I can do. They're just running all over the place. There's like it a makes... there's like a weird like slide thing that they go down that they run down. It looks like a water slide with no water on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, super weird. Uh, eventually, uh, they continue running. Um, when another interlude happens with uh, a bunch of Diglett and Dugtrio popping in and out of holes in the ground like they're a whack-a-mole. Um, the scene then switches to, and I'm, and I'm just starting to go rapid fire now. Uh, the scene switches to Meowth, Arbok, and Weezing as they sit down to relax. But as soon as they get comfortable, Pikachu and Raichu race through and send them flying before doing the same to Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan. Uh, Chansey is on LSD. Uh, meanwhile, Charizard... That was an interlude, Yeah, guys. that was an interlude. Yeah, I'm not even... If if you get a weird description, it's assume that it's an interlude here. Uh, meanwhile, Charizard naps. Uh, Pikachu and Raichu step on its tail, and it begins chasing after them. Uh, it sends them flying over a cliff onto a conveniently napping Snorlax, and they land on the ground where Snorlax rolls over and crushes them to death. Uh, Charizard crash lands into some structure where it gets stuck, uh, and lights Meowth on fire. So yeah, what happens is the Charizard is like chasing them because he's angry because he got woken up. So finally Charizard's attitude is back. And he gets his head stuck. It's like in a slide. And then he gets mad, blows fire out, and Meowth is on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. um, Magnetite reproduce like rabbits. Uh, the other Pokemon work together to free Charizard, but they fail as the Snubble Gang laugh at them. Uh, Charizard begins to cry, and I feel no sympathy for it. It's like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna sanitize my language here. Uh, you can figure out what, what I really mean. Uh, it's like when my middle schoolers who fudge around, uh, and then they are surprised when they find out, uh, cause you know the saying, fudge, fudge around, find out. Uh, Charizard is, I... Charizard is, it's, uh, it, I think technically it's like he, fudged around and found out 
is like how they really say it. But Charizard is currently in the found out portion of that process. Um, Pikachu begs the Snubble Gang for help, uh, and they agree except for Cubone because it's so used to being alone, as the Pokedex or as Dexter helpfully points out. So the Pokedex or Dexter says that he is the lonely Pokemon because he doesn't like to work with others. When I'm pretty sure he is the lonely Pokemon because his mother is dead. Yeah, he has some childhood trauma that he's working through. <laughs> I feel like it's pretty insensitive of Dexter there. <laughs> um, after a moment of reflection, Cubone has a change of heart and helps the others. They free Charizard, whose fire breath sends them all flying. Yeah, they had a 28-foot Onyx helping, but all they needed was Cubone to get him free. <laughs> I saw that, because it was, it was really the power of friendship that helped him free the Charizard. <laughs> Not the power of the giant rock snake. <laughs> uh, Meowth yells at the group until, until Charizard falls to the ground and lands on him. Suddenly, all the Pokemon are friends and begin building houses for the Habitat for Humanity. I actually don't. I actually don't know what structure they were building there. They're just building some wooden structure. Um, Jigglypuff got into Chansey's stash, um, and at the end of the day, the Pokemon say goodbye to their new friends and return to Ash, Brock, and Misty. And that is the end of our short. What did you think of this short? Okay, so so I understand this was a short that played before the movie and not a real episode, but if I had been an adult with kids in 1999 when this movie came out in America uh, and I saw this, I would have collected my kids and left the theater if I wouldn't have already been asleep like my dad was when he took me to see this movie in 1999. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't even think we made it to the opening credits before my dad was asleep when we saw this movie, so... So, I don't think I saw this in theaters. We didn't go to movies a lot when I was a kid because the closest movie theater was 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happens when you grow up in Iowa, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they just they couldn't find a cornfield uh, like small enough to actually, since the movie theater building is not going to be that big because population is like, what, 26 people in the whole town? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have a soft spot in my heart for Iowa because you're from Iowa. And that's the only reason. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will say I really enjoyed the episode. It, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain because it's, it was fun because we didn't have to deal with Ash's stupidity. Mm-hmm. It was great having a break from Ash. It was I always think it's fun seeing like the Pokemon's personalities come through Mm -hmm. and then just seeing how they interact with each other when there's not Ash, Misty, Brock kind of nudging them in a certain direction. Yeah. But overall, I enjoyed this. This is the only Pokemon short I have watched before. And so after this, I have not seen them and it'll be fun to go through and watch them. Then, obviously, you've seen this one, but you don't remember any of it. Right. I I appreciate how weird it was, but I'm not, like, sitting here like, oh, that was great. Yeah, I'm interested to see if the other shorts, when we get to other movies, because now that the first movie is out, we'll have about one movie a year. Yeah. Is is usually the the schedule Pokemon goes with. And so... We'll get to see a few more shorts as we go on, and we'll always do them the episode before the movie. But let's get to our question of the episode. And so since this was Pikachu's vacation, our question is, what is your favorite vacation you have been on? Mm, Probably my honeymoon. We went to the Dominican Republic. That was pretty fun. Uh, I also went on a cruise with some of my friends um, when I was like, 20 probably so that was pretty fun too what about our trip to disney josh oh that doesn't even crack the top 10 jeff i'm just kidding no that was a great vacation too um for lots of reasons i guess that was that was the vacation where i got engaged yeah that was a great yeah no that was that was a that was a a top that's a top fiver for sure and then Josh and I got to spend some quality time in Animal Kingdom. Yes, that was great. Because, and 
this is my favorite quote I think you've ever told me is because <laughs> we were like walking through Animal Kingdom and you look at me and you go, you know what? I want to tell you I really enjoyed the time. I was going to tell you this yesterday, but I was drunk and I didn't want you to think I was coming on. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the part or the second part, but I do remember saying. No, you definitely said the second part. <laughs> That's funny. Um, one of my favorite vacations um, was in 2019. It was another Disney vacation. Mm-hmm. Kyrie was three, and we my Jesse's parents and my parents came, and that was fun because you know we never had enough money to go to Disney growing up. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was just a really cool thing that my parents, you know, they have no kids, so they can spend money on fun things now. They want to, yeah, they want to spoil those grandkids. Yeah. And so they got to go to Disney and I kind of got, you know, I got to ride the Tower of Terror, which is my favorite ride. And I rode it with my parents and just showing them all the stuff I love to do that we never got to do when I was a kid. Yeah, that's really cool. And then I guess I could do. Am I allowed to count my whole summer in Japan, even though I went there for work? There was a lot of cool things I did there. Of, of course. Went to Tokyo Disney, uh, went to Akihabara, Shibuya. Did a lot of fun things there. But if you want to tell us about your favorite vacation, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot or send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app if you're choosing so other Pokemon fans such as yourself can find the podcast. Kate, I'm expecting and... to hear from you this week. Yes. It was, it was unacceptable that you didn't respond <laughs> on the last episode. <laughs> Ooh, just... Josh is bringing out his teacher voice. I know. I'm just kidding, Kate. All right. And I cannot wait for next week's episode. It's going to be a longer one than usual, Josh. Mm-hmm. So, please join us next time when we will be watching Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. <laughs>